Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey, hello there, everyone. Glad to be back with you today for this episode of The Burt Not Ernie Show. Uh, We're on episode number 42. That's where we're at today. So, um, you know, it is the very end of the month of October in the year 2020 when I'm recording this. So we're nearing the end of this uh, year, which feels like a decade. So year slash decade. For those of you listening who happen to reside in the United States, you know, I don't need to tell you, you know full well, next week is a very big week. The first week in November 2020 is a big week for our, for our country. So with all that in mind, uh, the closing out of this really long year, the, just the turmoil that our country has been going through, we're moving into November, right? Thank you, Jesus, that we're coming up on November. And I really, I hope and pray, this is with all sincerity, and I'm speaking to myself first. I really do mean this. We have this opportunity. And as Christians, it's like actually more of an obligation, not just an opportunity, an obligation to spend that whole month giving thanks, just giving thanks, really. I mean, we should give thanks every day, uh, obviously, like that's a no brainer, but we have an opportunity and an obligation to just have a thankful month, not just one day, not just one weekend where we spend half of it shopping, albeit most of that's going to be online um, and, and eating until we just can't eat anymore enjoying family and friends and being thankful for those things. Let's be thankful the whole month. That's kind of my plan, my challenge to myself. And I'm putting it out here on the interwebs so that I can um, be held accountable. Feel free to hold me accountable. I'm going to try to do something that's gratitude-based every single day in November. Uh, We just want to live as thankful people every single day. And then after that comes December And we could just focus on the birth of our Savior. And I am really looking forward to these next two months. I'm, uh, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I'm so looking forward to these next two months. And the verses that the Lord led me to for this episode, they're pretty fitting for us rolling into November and December. So, and hey, just a reminder to you that I hope will be a blessing to you. Maybe it's just something you need to hear right now. It's fall here in Kansas, and we have already had snow and ice, which is crazy. And today, we're back to normal fall weather. I think it's going to be in the high 50s, which is awesome. It means I can put the dog in a dog stroller and take him for a walk. How funny is that? Like, if you see me walking with a stroller, somebody who knows me in the Wichita area, I'm walking the dog. It's it's our dog in there. He's 11, and he likes walks, and that's that. So, anyway, it's, it's crazy because we had snow and we had ice. I had to scrape, like... A, half an inch of ice off of my car the other day. And the day before that, I had to to clean off like five inches of snow. It was crazy. And now it's, um, the leaves are still green because it was early snow and they're kind of hanging on. They're hanging on to the branches, right? Hanging on tightly still. And they're going to fall. They're starting to fall and they're going to really fall. And hopefully with the, the changes in 85 degree weather or 87 degree weather to uh, freezing and ice and snow to back up to warm weather, you know, the sap in the trees, 
goes down and runs back up and you get that beautiful color. Hopefully we're going to have a pretty fall. Hopefully you've had a pretty fall where you are, but listen, look at those leaves. They are, this is a season of letting go in nature. Literally, we can see that God ordained a season of letting go in nature. So maybe in your own life, it also might be a season of letting go. Like guilt and shame. Let go of the guilt and shame in this season, this fall. And I wrote a little ebook on that a while back, and I'm going to do a revamp of it, maybe turn it into a Bible study or a like a little short devotional book. Um, guilt and shame is... Uh, let that go. All right. I'm going to probably do a whole episode on that at some point, but trust me, guilt and shame are two of the tools that Satan keeps at the ready. They're handily kept in the most prominent spot in his toolbox. And if you think that maybe God uses guilt and shame to convict you at times, I have to tell you the Holy Spirit is perfect at his role. He is so good at being your life guide and your counselor. He's perfect at it. He does not need to go digging around in Satan's toolbox to pick up a couple of Satan's best tools in order to convict his child of something. A guilt and shame, let those go. Let those go. Thank you, Jesus. We don't have to live under those. Let go of maybe the the negative self-talk that even could be called self-hate, if we're honest. Let go of that this fall. Let go of um, the ways that maybe you're trying to control situations and outcomes. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Lately, I've really just been convicted of sometimes how I pray over certain situations. I'm praying because I want a certain outcome and then I'm living, um, looking for backward steps from the outcome that I want, but I need to be living like, you know, Hebrews 11, right? It, it's a, our faith is a substance of, of, um, things not seen. The evidence of which is not seen. We don't see the evidence yet. When I pray based on a certain outcome, it's great to work backwards from an end goal when you're at work on a work project or something, but, um, or books I've written, but you know what, let's not work backwards from praying for specific outcomes because then we start looking for evidence and then we get frustrated when we don't see it. And God says, no, no, faith is, is about evidence not being seen. So don't, if you're like controlling, Hey, I'm raising my hand, both hands, like I can be really controlling and I have outcomes in mind that I often know this must be God's will. Well, okay, look, I'm letting that go this fall. I'm just saying it again for accountability. I'm letting that go. I don't have to control situations and outcomes. That's really bad because what I end up doing is I end up trying to control relationships. Yikes, ouch, boom, conviction much. Yes, Jan, super convicted today. Not guilted and shamed. Holy Spirit conviction that I have to let go in this letting go season. So just let go. If if you need to hear this word, let go. You're driving home from work and you're maybe out on a run or something and you see the leaves just kind of like skidding around the road in that funky little vortex that they do here in Kansas. Let that remind you to let go. You worried a lot? Let that go. Okay, that was totally an aside, um, like a nickel's worth of three advice or something like that, but I hope it blessed somebody. I just had to share the big work that the Lord is doing in my heart and mind and my prayer life just this last week or so. Okay, let's get to the verses. You ready? Here we go, shall we? Psalm 18. Psalm 18. And today I am reading from the New Living Translation. So I'm going to start with verses... 30 and 31, and then I'm going to read part of verse 32, and then I'm going to skip ahead to verses 35 and 36, and I will reference each verse as I read, and I'll put that in the show notes so you know. And I am going to get caught up on show notes. If anybody's been looking, like, what's the deal? I'm going to get caught up. I am. I've been writing a book, and it's been like, that's like where my writing time has gone. I think I wrote over 3,000 words yesterday, which is a fair amount. It's not maybe 
as much as I should be writing, but sometimes I just don't come back to the show notes because that takes up all the writing time I've got. Okay, anyway, verse 30 of Psalm 18 from the New Living Translation. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. Verse 31, for who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? Verse 32, part A, the first part of that verse. God arms me with strength and he makes my way perfect. Verse 35, you have given me your shield of victory. This is the author speaking to God, talking to God. You have given me your shield of victory. Your right hand supports me. Your help has made me great. And verse 36, you have made a wide path for my feet to keep them from slipping. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's so much in these verses. How much promise do you happen to need today? How much? Well, good. Good news. Good then, because Psalm 18 has plenty. It has ample for your every need. However much promise you need, we've got it right here for you. I hope you really want a good hearty, hefty dose of God's promises, because that's pretty much the only thing that's available to us here from Psalm 18. Am I right? There's nothing else here. There's nothing else here. I hope you want God's promises because that's all we're going to get today. That's all that's here. Isn't that great that there are passages in God's word that we can read and tons of them, boatloads of them that we can read and all that we have access to there is God's promises, God's hope, God acting out of his loving kindness toward uh, us and that he won't do otherwise. All we have here is God's promises, a massive, just a hearty dose of it. God's way is perfect. That's what verse 30 says. No matter if you feel like you're not sure where his path is leading you, you know, like when you know that you're following the Lord to the best of your ability and you know, you've not stepped off the path where he's leading, even if maybe other people might be trying to tell you that you must have stepped off the path. Like, you know, like Job and Job's friends, you like Job knew he had not gone astray, but his life looked kind of messy. There are times that's going to happen to you. You're going to know that you have not gone astray, but aspects of your life look kind of messy. If you know, and the Lord knows, oh, that's the main thing. That's the main thing. It's so hard to reconcile this and make peace with this, but sometimes others will get it wrong. They really will. Oh, it's tough. Forgive them. Give them grace. Lord, bless them. Pray a blessing over them and keep moving forward on the path that you're on, right? I mean, we've all been in those situations. It's Job's life story shows us that this is a possibility is sometimes a reality. It's, I'm so thankful that Job's friends are in the word of God. I'm sorry for what Job went through, 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 through is not a word. What he went through, like a little kid, what he went through but I'm thankful that I have that example to comfort me when I've been misunderstood and also to remind me to not be Job's friends, to get it together and uh, not be Job's friends. Okay, so when it looks messy and you know that you did not leave the path, but that path is not as level, the incline is steeper than you'd like. Remember that God's way is perfect from Psalm 18, verse 30. Present tense is, is perfect right now. God's way is perfect. A delay in God moving on a promise, acting on a promise that you know he made to you, it's okay because his way is perfect. Trust the Lord is, present tense, is. God's way is perfect for you right now. And then verse 30 goes on to say that all the Lord's promises are true. Yeah, yeah, hello. That's like the whole premise, the spine, the backbone, the purpose of the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast all means all, right? So all of the Lord's promises for you prove true. 
Somebody needs to hear that today. All of God's promises for you prove true. Even right now at this moment in time, they are actually proving true. Think back to geometry and solving a proof. And I'm not sure what kind of geometry you did, but um, if you did the real deal, just, just hardy geometry where you have to write out a proof, think about that. You had to prove it. You had to prove it. Write a proof. God is proving true for his promises in your life right at this moment, right now, like today, boom, right now. You might not be able to see it. I might not be able to see it, not clearly anyway, but you know what? If we could get a glimpse into the spiritual realm, like Elisha did with his servant Gehazi, I don't remember the chapter. It's going to be second King somewhere, probably around 18. Um, you know, if we could get a glimpse into the spiritual realm, I think we would be shocked at how things are coming along swimmingly, like the Brits say, it's coming along swimmingly regarding those promises. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm bold saying that. I know. Uh, but it's truth of fact, though. I'm going to get even bolder. It is happening on your behalf right now. Right now. Let's let's look at verse 31 of Psalm 18. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. I am sorry. That is actually the rest of verse 30. Nix that. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. So we don't want to miss the blessing of this verse by looking around other places for perfection. Look, I'm going to give you a real world example of how easy it is to kind of shift our focus onto another form of protection, okay? Um, and, and this is not necessarily um, a wrong thing. It's a good example, which is what makes it an example that's worth sharing because it's the real deal. It's the truth. My husband is a really wonderful provider and protector. And with all my heart health issues and things, boy, he makes sure I'm doing as well as I possibly can be. He makes it easy on me. You know what I mean? He really does. He doesn't complain or uh, fight me on anything that, you know, I can't do this or I can't go there. Or I can't, I can't take cold medicine with my heart medication or um, he would never do such a thing. And I'm in a, in a group for people with um, uh, heart failure stuff. And there are spouses who uh, they're not quite as amazing as my husband, to say the least. So he really, there are people who fight their spouses on things. He never says, how much is the medication this month? Or we got to go to Cleveland. Or, he just, he takes such good care of me. He protects me. He protects me literally and spiritually as he prays over me. His his role as a husband, he fulfills it so amazingly well, right? I mean, he took those wedding vows and sickness and in health and man, does he ever live by them. But I really don't want to start looking at him when I ought to be looking at God as my primary shield of protection, right? He has his role, but God is ultimately my shield of protection, the one I need to look to. It puts pressure on my husband if I start looking at him the way I need to be looking at God, pressure that God never designed, burdens that he never meant for my husband to carry. Um, so he can play his role, play his part really, really well and honor God in that way, but I need to not look away from God. God fulfills his role as my shield with absolute perfection. My husband does his really, really well. God is filled with absolute perfection. He can't be anything less than that. I don't want to get that out of order, and you sure don't either. Okay, rhetorical question here. Um, now we're moving on into verse 31. Rhetorical question. For who is God except the Lord? There is one real, actual God, and that's exactly who we're trusting in. That's who we're believing. That's who we're looking forward to being with forever in eternity. Our God is the only God, the God, the God, as in there is only one. That's pretty comforting. 
That's tremendously comforting. And it's also kind of like it can kickstart an intense prayer session. You know what I mean? When you really think, well, for who is God except the Lord? Well, the God I know, the God I'm talking to, the God I'm praying to, the God who's going to hear me and answer me. Um, he is the God. He is the God. Yeah, that'll get your prayer day going. If you need a way to um, ramp up your prayer time, try that. Try that. Uh, it'll that'll get there. That'll get him going, right? That'll get him going. This is who we pray to, the God who longs to answer our prayers. He longs to answer our prayers. Who is God except the Lord? No one. No one. That's who. And who but our God is a solid rock. I love this. What are you standing on? What is the whole of your life built upon as a disciple of Christ? And for those who don't know the Lord, what's their life built on? You know, we can do a side-by-side -side comparison here. When I think about this, I recognize that my heart needs to be so for the lost than the hurting around me because they are hurting. It is a hurting world. Um, it, whether they're right next door on the other side of the globe, I have to be a person of action as a Christian, as in I need to live out what I believe. And so do you. That includes the Great Commission. Of course, we were commissioned for a purpose, right? It's very important that we that we have a heart for the things that Jesus had a heart for, and that's getting people into God's kingdom, eternal beings, that they can live forever with the Lord. You're standing on the rock. If you're in Christ, you are standing on the rock. So there's no room for fear for us. There really isn't, but there is room for love and compassion for those who feel unstable, who feel like they're standing on shaky ground. Let's keep in mind that what mattered so much to Jesus needs to matter to us. Build well, live securely because you're building on the rock so you can build well and you're you're standing on the rock so you're completely secure so you can live secure every second of every day and invite others into the kingdom of our God, of the God. Okay, verse 32 part A, God arms me with strength and he makes my way perfect. Anybody, anybody out there in the podcast listening world need a perfect way in which to go? Oh, baby, I need this every single day, every day. And God promises to arm me with strength, too. Wow. I've, you know, I've seen that play out so many times. I'll give you an example. Parenting, when you have toddlers and a newborn and you're homeschooling, like, say, a first grader. I've been there. I was tired. I was tired. There were mornings when I woke up and, you know, I'm feeding the baby and getting breakfast around and changing diapers. And I thought, I don't know how I'm going to get all the way through this day till dinner time and bath time and bedtime. I don't know how I'm going to get through, but you know what? God would always arm me with strength. And I'm sure you can relate to that. Maybe not that exact scenario, but something very similar. Um, he always would arm me with the strength that I needed. Now, I'm not saying to go beyond what he's calling you to do and expect him to pick up the slack, right? If I'm like, well, I'm going to be in that exact same season and also be training to run marathons. And, you know, when you've got that newborn baby is about three weeks old and you haven't slept really, and you're like that, three weeks was like that, whoa, I'm tired point for me, where I really, it was bad. I could fall asleep driving. It was just terrible. Um, that is not the time for me to train to run a marathon. I would have been asking God to give me strength that wasn't in keeping with the stage of life I was in. And he wouldn't be a good, loving father if he if he did that, because I needed to be resting in the time that I would have been out training for the marathon, right? So, so it doesn't mean you expect him to pick up um, all the slack if you're out there going way beyond your current calling for your life season. Uh, I cannot pretend to be an energizer buddy, right? It's um, it's not grant me a wish, my genie in the sky kind of a thing. I want to do all things at this exact moment in time. No, it's not like that. It's knowing 
when he's set you in this place, he's got a place for you at this season of life, and you can trust him to give you ample strength right there in that place in that season of life. I had little kiddos. I was the mama of the littles. So I was completely safe to count on him to give me ample strength every day. And he sure did. He sure did. Okay, let's look, uh, let's jump down to verses 35 and 36. And the psalmist who who wrote this, in this case, David is the author. Uh, he was speaking to God in these verses. The prior verses were declaring who God is, stated as facts and via rhetorical questions. Like this is, this is the truth. Drop the mic. Boom. Now David is just speaking to the Lord. He is talking directly to the Lord God most high about who God truly is. This is a wonderful practice that I, and maybe you as well, need to do a whole lot more often. Um, I need to be better at stating out loud and in prayer who God actually is. Verse 35, you have given me your shield of victory. Okay, David was a warrior. He knew about shields. So he knew exactly what he was implying by saying, you have given me your shield of victory. He knew what what loss was in a battle and he knew what victory was on the battlefield. And he understood the spiritual aspects of battling that are very much um, likened to real warfare because it is warfare. He knew exactly what he was implying and what he was saying about God with these words. These are big words, folks. These are big words. You have given me your shield of victory. What? Think about it. God, you have given me your shield of total victory. Those are big words. Those are big words. Do you have big words when you talk about who your God is? How big are your words when you pray? When you talk to God about the things going on in your life, the lives of your loved ones, in the world at large, you at your workplace, um, whatever it might be, how big are your words? What do your words and your thoughts reveal about who you actually believe God to be? He has given you and me his shield of victory. With the Lord's shield of victory, how can we so often go into battle wondering if we're going to be protected, if things are going to turn out all right? basically wondering if we're going to lose. Lord, thank you. Father, thank you. Jesus, thank you that you have given your children your shield of victory, and we are not destined to defeat, to failure, to misery, to constantly losing ground in life. You have given us your shield of victory for a reason. It was intentional. It was specific, and it will not fail us because you will not fail us. Amen and amen. Okay, next part of verse 35, your right hand supports me. Your right hand supports me. Well, I cannot think of anything better than that. If one of your children has like an injury, right? Or they've had surgery and you're you're helping them at a post-op and they're leaning on you, even if they had their wisdom teeth out, you know how they lean on you. Would you drop them like a hot potato? Like they're an annoyance? Would you kind of shove them down, tell them to walk on their own? Would you somehow forget the weight of them leaning on you? Like you forget that suddenly your kid is there as you're like carrying them out to the car? It's not possible, you know what I mean? And and we're not such great parents when our parenting is held up next to God's parenting. He is perfect. All his ways are perfect. And if his right hand supports us, and by golly it does, well then we're not ever going to be unsupported. I'm going to say that again. If God's right hand supports us, and yes, indeed it does, well then guess what? We're never going to be unsupported. You can lean on him. You should lean on him. Maybe somebody needs to hear this today. You don't have to keep holding it all together. God is asking you to let him support you with his right hand. And um, there's a lot more to that. What the right hand of the king means, you can do a Google search of it and maybe um, try to find some things that have a biblical basis. It's a special blessing 
that we have, knowing we're supported by his right hand. I might talk about that on the episode down the road somewhere, but um, it's his right hand. This is a big deal. You are supported. You are supported. Your help has made me great. Last part of verse 35 of Psalm 18, NLT, New Living Translation. Your help has made me great. No greatness worth having comes apart from the Lord, but we tend to believe small. Listen, I'm going to say it again. I need you to come back in here if you've zoned out. No greatness worth having comes apart from the Lord, but we tend to believe small for little, itty bitty, teeny tiny kind of things. We don't even know what it's like to dream of greatness. You might think you do. I'm going to challenge that and say, I don't think you do. I don't think we know what it what it's like to dream of true godly greatness. Doesn't God want his children to be great in the ways that matter? In the ways that matter? Yes, he does. He does. He can't not. Greatness comes from the Lord. David spent a lot of years, a lot of years living in the wilderness, hiding in caves, not um not feeling so great, okay? He wasn't in the palace when he was in the wilderness, the cave of Dullam, right? He wasn't. So it's not always that kind of great, but he knew that all that he had was good, noble, worthwhile. Everything that he had in his life that was good, that was noble, worthwhile, all that was from the Lord. He knew that. God has greatness for you. And don't oversimplify it just down to like just a good job, a fat paycheck, nice uh, health insurance benefits, stock options, a vacation home, a garage full of toys and a closet full of, you know, Louis Vuitton handbags or whatever. Guess what? That stuff's going to burn in the end. Okay. I'm talking about real greatness. Those things can be blessings from the Lord. He can gift you with those things. And you should thank him for those things. If you've got a good job, thank you, Jesus. If you've got a great health insurance, oh my goodness, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But that's not really the whole end all be all for greatness, for godly greatness, for what he has in store for us in life. And I think we know that, but man, it's so easy for me anyway to get sidetracked on when is this next thing that's um, in the physical real realm going to come about so I can have a little bit of what I think is a break Maybe I need to more often say, oh, no, God, your help has made me great. So, so let's talk about greatness, Lord. Speak into my life. He has greatness for you. Don't oversimplify it. Real greatness is yours. God has it for you. Ask him. Ask him what great things he would like to bring to pass in your life. And then wait and watch and see what he does. And he might start moving quickly. Okay, so that's like your homework today. Ask him what great things he would like to bring to pass in your life. And then be paying attention for it. Okay, last verse we're going to look at today, verse 36 of Psalm 18. You, he's speaking to God here, you have made a wide path for my feet to keep them from slipping. So the wide path, room to walk with certainty is what, what I think of when I think of the wide path. Narrow paths keep us looking down at our feet and just kind of glancing up ahead of us here and there. We glance up to see what's around us that might cause us trouble when we're on a narrow path, right? You've been on a hike like that where it's really rocky. You don't want to twist your ankle. And so you've got to look down to see where you're walking. Um, there's more branches and like tangles and unevenness. So you have to keep looking down and glancing up, looking down and glancing ahead. But your focus is down when you're on a narrow path. You can't walk with certainty. But when you're on a wide path, you have room to walk with certainty. You can look ahead. You can move forward with those strong, long strides that hikers love and only occasionally glance down at your feet. That's what a wide path does, right? God has made a wide path for our feet for an exact reason, for a purpose, to keep your feet from slipping. 
That's the purpose. Christians can end up living as if they're somehow on the edge, right? We can live believing that um, we're on the edge. We're teetering. We're teetering too close to doom and gloom. Bad things are coming just around the corner. Or we can live as if we're kind of responsible to keep ourselves in line. I could keep myself in line. I'm right on that edge. The Pharisees lived like that. And thank you, Lord. We're so blessed. The Holy Spirit resides within us to guide us. He's our guarantee. Um, he's He's our proof. He's a mark on us that we have Christ, that we have eternal salvation, right? The Ephesians tells us that. The Holy Spirit resides within us to guide us, to live the life of Jesus through us. You don't have to do it on your own. We don't have to live that way. We're not meant. Now that we're in Christ, we're not meant to live that way. Um, I don't believe God wants any human he created to live that way. It's so much more for us. You're not, I don't want you to live like you're teetering too close to doom and gloom. There's a horrible thing coming just around the corner. I know we've all been through hard times and we've been hit with something that was just like out of left field and it just took us out at the knees and we were floored by it. And it can be rocky and shaky. Leg. You got to stand up sometimes with shaky legs, but you got to stand back up. Give yourself time to heal. If you're in deep mourning from something that happened, mourn, mourn. As a friend of mine said, sent to me in a message this week, take time to just be. That's part of what giving yourself grace is. And she knows who she is. And thank you for that message. I really appreciate that a lot. She knows me pretty well. So um, that was a good word, a good word. But you do the same. Like Give yourself grace to get better, to heal, to rest with the Lord. But when he starts encouraging you to stand up and start moving forward again, Get up, even with shaky legs, they're going to get stronger. They're going to be solidified underneath of you because God's good. And you're not teetering close to doom and gloom, walking right on the edge. And you're not responsible to keep yourselves and everybody else around you in line as if you're like, it's all on me. The Holy Spirit's good at his job. He's good at his job. Okay, listen, I don't want you to live that way. I want you to live in the freedom that is ours. Galatians 5, 1, it is for freedom then that Christ has set you free. So do not be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't do it. Don't let yourself think that that wonderful, wide path that is there by design from the hand of the Lord is um, has some dangerous edge to it that you're just teetering on. You have, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit, and He will help you. Look, your feet, your feet aren't going to slip so long as you're on the wide path he provided for your feet to trod. I know I'm talking big and bold and brave and you might think you don't know what I've been through. I don't, but I do know this is true. Your feet aren't going to slip so long as you're on the wide path he provided for your feet to trod. And if you're willing to ask him for his leading, his guidance, his will for your life, then you're going to be on that path. I'm really serious here. Sometimes we take God's word and we change it up. We kind of add to it. We make it say something that it didn't say. You know what I mean? Um, and we we don't do that maybe out loud. We do that internally. We we switch it up and make it say more than it says, making it more complicated. When Jesus said to come to him like a child in belief, not like questioning every single thing to death. And I know kids can be the biggest question askers. Um, either I shared uh, a meme lately that has like Yoda uh, old Yoda dying. And he says, now I understand why Yoda died because, you know, it was just Luke asked him questions until he finally just was questioned to death. Right. Yeah. And that can be what parenting feels like sometimes. I don't mean that. I mean the just belief when you get the answer, you just believe and you trust, trust him. You can trust that you're on the right path. And you can also trust that if you get off the path, the God who indwells you, the God who spoke 
all things into existence. Look out your window, see that tree? That's there because God spoke it into existence. This globe spinning around, hanging in space, it's here because God spoke it into existence. When you see the moon and the stars tonight, they were spoken into existence. That's the God who indwells you, the God who makes great promises and he keeps them every single one. He will let you know. He will nudge you back on the right path. His rod and his staff, they will comfort you, right? It's comforting to know that he'll be right there with me all the way, every step. And he'll give me a nudge with the rod and a little tug on me with the staff if I need it. That's comforting, but he'll keep you. You're on the path. He has a path for you. That's not, um, he's not punishing you with the rod. It's comfort and protection and blessing and keeping me on the wide path. That's what takes the pressure off to feel like I'm responsible. No, I'm yielded. And so God's going to be the responsible one. He was the one responsible for my salvation. Uh, I sucked at it. I'm not a good savior on my own. I am lousy at it. So are you. So if he's, if he's the responsible one, I'm not right. So um, he'll nudge me. He'll nudge me if I'm going the wrong way. I'm not living on the edge because he's not going to let me live on the edge. He's going to nudge me and I'm going to respond because I'm yielded. I'm submitted and I trust him. That's comforting. That's comforting. He's going to keep me um, protected, blessed, and on the wide path that he's prepared for my feet. And guess what? He's prepared one for your feet and he's prepared one for Joe's feet and he's prepared prepared one for um, Luann's feet and so on. This is such a great psalm. This is such a great psalm. All right, so as you roll on into the next week or so, as November comes along, oh, be thankful. Take Psalm 18 to heart. Believe it. It is God's promise for you for the right now, for right here. It is, I promise. I promise this is God's promise. Lord bless y'all. Thank you so much for hanging out with me a little bit today. Um, I'll see you next time for episode 43. And if you'd be interested in beta testing my upcoming ebook, which is all about God's promises, you can find me on social media, DM me, use the links in the show notes, email me at janelbert at outlook.com, and I'll get y'all set up. You get a free book in exchange for an honest review and like any insight. Hey, I found a typo, that kind of thing. Um, maybe you could rephrase this, all that kind of jazz. Because when we read our own words, we read what we mean, all of our intention. And so sometimes we just can't see it when we self-edit. But anyway, let me know if you're interested. Thank you for joining me. Share this podcast if you would. That'd be awesome. And most of all, most important of all, do not let yourself doubt God's promises to you. Make that your goal for today, just for this one day and see how things go. Just today say, nope. No room for doubt. I'm not going to doubt God's promises to me. Not today. Not today, Satan. See how things go. And then do that same thing again tomorrow and so on. All right. I'll see you next time. Lord bless. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.